Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a bitch. But don't be afraid. That's why we give you weekend fantasy update. Woohoo! Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, joined by my good friend, the Colonel, the General. He's got a lot of titles, this guy. He's an important man in the world of fantasy. George Kurtz, how you doing, George? Yeah, important man. It's exactly what I am here. <laughs> well, you know, hey, uh, training camp is open throughout the NFL, right? Where everyone's in the best yeah. shape of their career. You know, all sure. these teams are going to go 12-4. and four. No one's going to lose a game <sighs> this year, so... Uh, It's been an interesting ride so far. Yeah, absolutely. Good to see the camps opening up. I, I, you know, before the show, every every year I, I try to go to the Giants camp as a fan, um, and I, I this is the first year uh, in a while since I started going that you actually had to reserve tickets uh, in order to attend. You know, so uh, you know I figured that this would be an easy year to go because you know the Giants aren't expected to do much. So, so maybe, you know, after the first couple of open practices to the fans, maybe people would shy away. But uh, I forget exactly how many open practices they have. It might be, let's say if it's 10, but uh, I'm going to have to put myself on a wait list, uh, George. Oh, that sort of sucks. Uh little surprise. I guess, I guess it's a good thing, right? It means for people to yeah. go and want to see their team and all, and that's never a bad thing. But I'm surprised sure. there, there's a wait list involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially uh, with uh, what's expected to, to come out of the Giants season. Uh, we'll talk about them in a second. But uh, late-breaking news I, I saw right before we came on air, George. Uh, the Lions, really no shock, right? They, they cut uh, running back Theo Riddick. And uh, so, uh, you know, they also uh, have signed uh, within the past day, I guess. I don't know if it's official yet, but uh, defensive lineman Mike Daniels, uh, who was surprisingly cut by the Packers, uh, they uh, are adding him to the roster. So the Lions making some moves. They're not going to be a fun team to run against. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, that, that front four is going to be no, uh, no, right, no fun at all. They got a lot of top run stoppers there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, after that, I don't know what more <laughs> the, the rest of that defense is going to look like. That's not mm-hmm. really Darius Slay there. And with their offense, still a work in progress as well. Fortunately for the Lions, it's a nice move. It really is. But you're in a division with Minnesota, Chicago, and Green Bay. Good luck to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Going to be, a, I think it. Like you said, a, a tough uh, season for the Lions. Their over/under is six and a half. So uh, yeah, they they're caught in a in a very tough <laughs> division. So uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, uh, what do you think about uh, Matthew Stafford? Since we're talking Lions, let's just jump right into it. You know, I, I drafted Matthew Stafford as my uh, quarterback three in the uh, Scott Fishbowl League. Uh, what do you think about his uh, uh, chances at a bounce back this season? It's funny, uh, before last season, uh, Stafford was always eh, right in that 8 to 12 range as far as fans quarterbacks, sometimes better, sometimes a little worse. But you could you liked him because you can get him around 12, whatever it was, and you had a mm-hmm. solid fantasy quarterback. You know, that may not be the case anymore. You know, uh, he, he doesn't have the, the the weapons, A, to be great. I mean, the Lions, I mean, Gallaudet, I think, is going to be a good wide receiver, but he's, I know he's been called him, what, little, little Megatron, Junior Megatron, he's really not uh, in, in Megatron's class yet. You got rid of Golden Tate, that hurts. All right, mm-hmm. I know they got what Amendola, yay, uh, sort of a, a poor man's Golden Tate, poor man's Wes Walker, you know, poor man's Julian Edelman, that kind of guy there. Uh, it's a nice little pickup, but I wonder how the offense clicks. You know, right. we're hearing different reports on Carry On Johnson now. First, they uh, they were going to limit his touches. Now, oh, there's no talk. We're not talking about limiting anybody's touches. Da, 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 da. So it's all, it's all coach speak, back speak. Uh, I think the offense will be average. It'll be okay. But I don't see Stafford all of a sudden putting up, you know, 35 touchdowns and 4,500 yards. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't yes. see that this year. Uh, that being said, I think they'll be trailing, so they will have mm-hmm. to throw the ball more often than night. I guess good point. That's a good thing. But I am as little end quarterback, too. Yeah. Uh, second year for head coach Matt Patricia. Uh, going to be interesting to see how he uh, handles things. Uh, last season, there was some criticism over his handling of uh, some of the players. Some of the veteran players uh, didn't like that they the way they were being treated, you know, uh, having to run laps and being punished for th- in that nature. And uh, also, uh, Patricia also had some issues in his handling of the media, you know. <laughs> So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what unfolds in Detroit this season. Well, he's a build of Bill Belichick clone. Yeah. So everyone gets treated evenly, right? Mm-hmm. So there's the veterans' complaints. They used to being coddled, and he doesn't mm-hmm. do that. Listen, you're a veteran on Detroit. What have you done? What <laughs> yeah, have right. you done to get special uh, to get special treatment? You've done nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's not surprising. And once again, uh, disciple of Belichick having problems with the media. Ooh, shocking. That being said. He has to realize you're not Bill Belichick. You mm-hmm. can't get away with this crap. The media will call you on it. They call Belichick on it. Belichick doesn't 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 care. Doesn't care. He gets away with it because he's won eighteen thousand Super Bowls. You mm-hmm. know, Patricia has not. Patricia's on the hot seat this year. I think the Lions fail again. He's done. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. So, uh, and for the next uh, few hours, you're gonna be hanging out with us. I appreciate you taking time out of your weekend. Obviously, uh, heavy focus on NFL and fantasy football. Also, uh, we'll break in and cover some fantasy baseball. The uh, trade deadline coming up, George, uh, July 31st at 4 p.m. Uh, interesting this season because after July 31st, in the past, after the uh, the trade deadline, you were able to make trades, but the player had to be placed on waivers, had to clear waivers, right? Yes. Uh, the the old deadline used to be 31st. That was when anybody could be traded. And then until August 31st, uh, he had, uh, that played on waivers. If no one claimed them on waivers, then he could be traded. If someone claimed them on waivers, then you could work out a, a trade with that team. Mm-hmm. In other words, if uh, you know, the Mets put Thor on waivers in August and the Yankees claimed them, the Mets could only trade Thor to the Yankees. And generally right. what you see is that all, you know, teams would be kind of cute trying to sneak a player through waivers, you know, mm-hmm. trying to uh, either flood it. Or actually try and put it on a time where they think no one's going to look at waivers. So right. uh, it's it a cute little thing. And now that's gone. Uh, I don't know how it'll work out. I think the uh, the theory behind it was that it would open up more trades earlier this season. That obviously has not happened. You know, mm-hmm. teams are still waiting for the last second to trade to get the last, you know, the best deal possible. Right. So uh, nothing, nothing's really changed anything other than that you're not going to have the next, another couple of weeks to judge your team, judge what you need here. you got to get what you need in the next four days. Trade deadline's Wednesday at 4 p.m. Right. And uh, you brought up a good point, you know, that uh, been a very, very quiet uh, lead up to the trade deadline. And, and part of it, I think, is because there are certain teams that uh, aren't sure if they should be buyers or sellers. Like, you know, the, the Giants, you know, there was big talk about uh, Madison Bumgarner being on the block. But now all of a sudden they're within striking distance of uh, the NL uh, wild card. So, I mean, wh- what do they do? The Diamondbacks are also within striking distance of a uh, wild card. But from what I've read, they kind of understand that, uh, you know, they, they know who they are, basically. I mean, they know that, uh, you know, that maybe it's time to, to to rebuild a little bit. But the Giants are in a tricky situation because this is the last season of their iconic manager, uh, Bruce Bochy. So uh, to have him go out maybe on a high note, look, this team is not uh, built to win a World Series, but it'd be nice in uh, Bochy's last season to be able to lead uh, the team into the uh, the playoffs. And, and what he's done is pretty impressive because you look at this roster up and down, really not much there. Oh, it's extremely impressive. The roster sucks. <laughs> all right, let's face it. It's uh, you can say all you want. There's not much there. The roster's terrible, and there's no uh, really. Uh, is there any stars there anymore? <laughs> any? any? Uh, uh, well, the uh, no. Who's the, the, the former no. catcher? No, who's the former catcher that's at first base as well? Right, he's a he hasn't been a star for years. Well, give me his uh, name because I can't because I'm drawing a blank. Buster Posey, Buster Posey. right? <laughs> yeah, he, he's not a star anymore. Uh, I he know, but he doesn't qualify. Bumgarner doesn't qualify as a star anymore. Mm-hmm. And he's not the same player he was. Well, he's probably their biggest, uh, their best player. So mm-hmm. uh, Giants. I mean, listen, they needed that that reality check. You know, that come to Jesus moment. You know, even as oh my God, we're, we're not that good a team. I mean, and you wouldn't think the Giants, there are some teams out there where making, even making the wild card would mean everything. You know, the Padres might be that kind of team. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- Giants have won World Series in the past, you know, decade. A couple of them, they've been yeah. a very good team. They're yes. not that team. 
They're not that team that should be selling out just to make the playoffs. They know they're not going very far. Yes, the Bruce Bochy thing, I get it. But it's not like uh, <laughs> when you think real life, it's not like the GM is worried about his job either. There are uh, certain circumstances where the GM's told before the season, listen, playoffs are bust. In other words, either we make the playoffs or you're fired. Mm-hmm. So they're not worried about you know, 2020, 21, 22. They need to play out, make the playoffs now. But that's not the case with Fahid. He, his job right. is secure. So he doesn't worry about that. He needs to think long-term in the future here, and the future is not this year. Mm-hmm. You're going to try and try and win the one-game wildcard, even to do that just to get crushed by the Dodgers? I mean, that, that doesn't seem to make much sense to me. So, so if I'm the Giants, you don't want to trade Bumgarner because he's your, uh, your legacy player. Oh, fine. I don't, I don't agree with it, but fine. I would still deal him. You could always sign him back in the offseason. True. You back. Yeah, mm-hmm. Will Smith, you can get a, a, a mint for Will Smith right now. Yep. Left-handed reliever has been dominant this year. You could get a mint. He has to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. everything else you have is just you know minimal parts there. But those mm-hmm. two guys could really, really jumpstart your rebuild. Yeah, remember uh, the, the the rumors about and, and they were probably true. I guess they probably put through the hat in the ring when they were trying to get Bryce Harper into the preseason. You wonder? Yeah, they, they were in on it. Yeah, they were they were in on it. I, I don't know if they ever got around to making a, an offer you mm-hmm. know, or a deal for him, but they were certainly in on it, and good for them for being that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it would have been interesting to see, but I mean, obviously, no way of knowing what what a, what kind of a difference uh, he would have made to the team. But uh, you know, our, you know, we're New York based, but we cover uh, you know national sports. But uh, so we have uh, the Yankees, uh, obviously, getting pummeled the past couple of nights against the the Red Sox. Uh, they gave up uh, 19 runs on Thursday, 10 total runs uh, last night. You know, uh, Tanaka. Would he give up 12 on Thursday night? And, and last night it was Paxton with seven. And then you have the Mets, on the other hand, who are trying to decide whether or not they should be. Well, I guess they have decided they're going to be sellers, right? Because uh, Noah Syndergaard, supposedly, uh, you know, he there's no doubt that he's going to be traded. That, that's one, uh, you know, article that I, I saw written and whatnot. And, you know, now they're not sure what they're going to be doing with Zach Wheeler. And so uh, talk to me about the, the Yankees. I mean, Cashman uh, has said basically he's in conversations with. Every team except the Red Sox, and he's not. But he's not going to be forced into making a deal. You know, it sounds like he's going to make a deal only when it's the right thing to do for his Yankees. At least that's what uh, what he's uh, you know conveying. Well, there's a couple of things here. One, everything everyone's saying, forget about. It. Don't even listen to it. <laughs> what guys are going to say? Oh yeah, we're desperate for a starting pitcher here, and then the price just goes up. Mm-hmm. So everyone, everything's saying is a lie. The next thing you don't worry about is all these, well, there are, there are scouts from the Yankees, Red Sox, A's at this uh, player's uh, outing yesterday. There are scouts from every team watching everybody. All right, that's just the way it is at this time of year. Mm-hmm. So you, you can figure, you don't have to worry about when you hear those things. Uh, everyone's lying, and there are scouts watching everybody. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's what it is. The problem is for the Yankees, I mean, the Yankees are built for the regular season. This has been this way really for years for the Yankees. It's why they mm-hmm. haven't had a, they've had a hard time getting back to the uh, World Series. They're, they're starting, their offense has always been good, but their starting pitching is built for 162 games, not a seven-game series. When you look at it, that starting pitching for the Yankees, forget this week, even before this week, didn't match yeah. up against anybody. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't match up. You know, you, you got Paxton, who's been disappointing to say the least. Yeah, and I don't blame Cashman for that trade. We, or every Yankee fan loved that trade. When mm-hmm. it was made, yes. All right? it just it hasn't worked out. Paxton has not been anywhere near the dominant pitcher that was uh, was expected of him. For whatever reason, it ha- just hasn't happened this year. Uh, Hap, he's an innings eater. That's all he is. I remember getting into it on someone from uh, either Twitter that's a fan of the show last year. But when they acquired Hap, helps you during the regular season, does nothing for you during the playoffs because you'll get crushed. I think it's better team. CC same thing. You know, he's going to get crushed, and we're starting to see it now over a long season. His knee can't uh, can't hold up. You know, right. Diego Germán, he's pitched well, but he's been up and down of late. Now he's going to be on an innings limit. He may not even be available for the playoffs. So you have to worry about him. And Tanaka's really been there for a couple of years. How he did the All-Star game is a joke. <laughs> I mean, uh, I know Jason Collette likes to point out over and over again that you take away his starts against the Tampa Bay Rays, his ERA's north of five. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's true. He's not wrong. You know, it's the old lies, damn lies, statistics. We can make them say whatever we want. But Tanaka's been, there's a reason he didn't opt out after last year. Because no one was getting him anywhere near that money. He's not that pitcher. The Yankees have yes. a whole bunch of number threes, number fours. So either they, to match up, they're looking like they're in a collision course with Houston. How are you going to match up with Cole and Verlander? Anyone? Yeah, Verlander's had the, You're going to see them four times during a series. You're going to see them four mm-hmm. times. How are you going to match up with them? 
Yep, I mean, you, you can't. And no matter who the Yankees acquire at the deadline, they can't. Mm-hmm. Best case for the Yankees would be to get Bauer. You know, a Stroman, uh, Bauer. Bauer would be mm-hmm. really nice. I don't know. Uh, someone like that and Severino comes back and could be a starting pitcher. They won't match up with Verlander and Cole, but they can keep you in the game. Then it comes down to an mm-hmm. offense, one big hit. That's what the Yankees are hoping for here. But no matter what they do, they're not going. They're going to win with division. That no one any worry about that. They might even get home field, which will be important. But matching up against Cole and Verlander, good luck. Good luck to anybody in the American League to do that. Cleveland can do it if everyone's healthy, but mm-hmm. they can't hit like Houston can. That's why it's going to be an issue for the Yankees because not only can Houston pitch with those two guys, but they can hit. Yes. They can hit almost well as well as the, the Twins team. can, Absolutely. as well as the Red Sox can. Mm-hmm. They are the best team in uh, in the American League, regardless of what Yankee fans think. Yankees are not. Yankees are the third best team in baseball behind the Dodgers and Astros. Very good, but it's not quite there. And I don't, I don't think there's enough Stroman can do. Uh, Stroman. There's enough cash we can do at the deadline to truly fix mm-hmm. that. I do believe Cole will be a Yankee next year, though. He's a free agent. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, you brought up some great points. And, you know, some saying that, hey, you know, if Severino could come back, you get a fresh Severino. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's an interesting. It is. interesting. It is. All right. So when we come back, we'll switch gears, uh, talk some fantasy football. We'll talk uh, some more baseball later in the show. Listen to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network with Joe Glenn and George Kurtz. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back, Weekend Fantasy Update. I'm George Kurtz. He's Joe Galena. Become the eighth person to win $1 million in a fan duel at DraftKings tournament setting. They're left using the DailyRomo.com DFS lineup optimizer to become one of the countless number of people who have won thousands of dollars playing DFS using DailyRoto.com. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Head on over and check out their tools for NFL, MLB, PGA, NBA, NHL, and sports wagering, or get access to all of them with the Daily Roto Elite Package. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount, and you'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, and use of the name Daily Roto Lineup Optimizers that have produced millions in DFS winnings. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Good stuff. And I'll tell you, the Daily Roto Optimizer, indispensable tool, George. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. I, I use it. I'm not saying I, uh, it's the Bible for me, but I use it to get the mm-hmm. idea of what they believe, right? right and right. Uh, then, then work from there. There are always things that are going to change. Weather could change uh, things sure. for me. I'm, I'm, I'm a very conservative player when it comes to that. If I have any doubts about weather, it's why I like Mark Paquette on uh, Twitter so much. He'll give you percentages mm-hmm. of uh, how, how safe hitters are, when the, delay is going to, when the delay is going to be is more important than anything else. If the delay is mm-hmm. before the game, yeah, that's fine. I don't mind delay before the game, but if it's during the game, then you have to worry about those starting pitchers. You know, they're going to come back out afterwards. Most managers believe or teams believe any delay of more than 45 percent, certainly over an hour, and a start is not coming back. In which case, that could be a whole lot of points lost. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, let's uh, get into some uh, fantasy football talk. And uh, my favorite team, Giants. Oh, my goodness. I mean, as if they didn't have enough problems. Who's going to be catching the ball? I mean, <laughs> Sterling Shepard uh, broke his thumb. And uh, for all of you uh, Pope of Greenwich Village fans, you know how painful that could be. Ever see uh, Pope of Greenwich Village? Back uh, in I don't believe so, no. Maybe. Yeah. I, I remember hearing yeah, that, yeah. but I don't think I saw it. Good movie from 1984, Mickey Roberts, Eric. Eric uh, no, um, 
uh, Eric Roberts, Daryl Hannah, um, and <laughs> Eric Roberts. The mob basically took his thumb, and uh, it's, it's, it's a it's a good uh, movie to watch. But uh, Shepard should be ready for the start of the season. But basically, he's week to week. Then on top of that, uh, you know, Corey Coleman, uh, more of a, a real life uh, option than a fantasy guy. But Corey Coleman, uh, remember, he was the fifteenth pick in the first round of the twenty sixteen draft towards ACL he's done for the year so now all of a sudden you got the Giants uh, obviously Golden Tate and you know according to uh, newspaper reports he's him and uh, Eli really look good in their connection together uh, Evan Ingram of course uh, you know uh, very good uh, pass catching tight end um, uh, but uh, now that all of a sudden the Giants are like scrambling for another wide receiver they've even uh, it looks like they're going to reach out to Kelvin Benjamin George I mean this guy I mean he hasn't really done much since 2014 remember and then there was that story last season about him and where uh, rookie uh, Bills quarterback Josh Allen had asked him if he wanted to get in some extra practice work and routes before the game and basically Benjamin said no I mean the Giants <laughs> not looking good so far no, but listen, the Giant fans who are complaining about oh, 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 when because Corey Coleman's out, this is a failed guy with four or five teams. Yay, who cares? Really, who cares? He was going to make a That's why I said he's guys? more of a real sure. Sure, yeah, he was. Was more of a real life option than a fantasy, but just somebody. Well, he's hence, a body. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> I didn't even mention fantasy. All right, no one's yeah, taking yeah. Corey Coleman in fantasy before or after <laughs> this injury. I mean, uh, I, just, I just found it strange. You're really worried about Corey Coleman not being there for your team? Really? I mean, come on. Get off. Give me a break. Uh, that's when, the, once again, that fandom going, oh, this guy was going to have a great year because he's with us. Yeah, sure he was. Right. Couldn't, make, couldn't work in New England, but yeah, he's going to do it with you. No, no doubt in my mind. <laughs> Uh, so, like I said, I don't care about the Coleman injury. I don't think it really matters all that much. Uh, Shepard was in practice yesterday, and he was catching balls. Uh, not a lot, mm-hmm. but he was catching balls. He, he should be fine for week one. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. once again, I think this is minimal, too. Uh, he'll be there. He may, he may not run every route in practice now, which isn't the worst thing. Uh, so, I, I'm not worried about Shepard either. It may be the problem is they don't have enough uh, bodies at wide receiver right now. Uh, Benjamin mm-hmm. is not the kind of player you want. Old and slow. You know, mm-hmm. the guy you just mentioned with Josh Allen doesn't feel that motivated either. Maybe Eli will motivate him more for because of what Eli's done in his career. You know, that sort of thing. As he said, he's he's won a few games before Beckham got there. So uh, maybe yeah, that'll get bring that up. going mm-hmm. there. But other than that, uh, I think the Giants will survive at wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> How about Eli, right? Uh, uh, you know, it's nice to see him actually just respond. I mean, and it's not like he just came out re- and responded. He was prodded into responding uh, to it in an NFL interview. We're talking about, you know, OBJ, uh, you know, quoted in a, uh, I think it was a GQ article talking about like how he helped, uh, you know, maintain the Giants brand, you know, during the losing years and whatnot. And uh, Eli, you know, kind of chuckled about it said you know like like george just said you know i've won a few games before uh he got here so and as a giant fan you kind of want to see some of that you know some of that you know uh, uh, coming out of eli you know stop with the golly g stuff and you know you know be a leader stand up for yourself a little bit i mean yeah hey beckham shut up really shut yeah up the giants uh, i know this article came out i think this article was uh taken in may yeah, but enough is enough. I mean, Beckham, uh, and now he was asked about the fan media the other day why he keeps talking about it. Well, you guys keep asking about it. <laughs> I get that. All right. But, you know, you can go, hey, hey my time in New York is over here. You know, I'm, with, I'm in Cleveland now. And that, and that shuts all that up. And you had to think, once again, his PR people, his agents telling him that. Enough. Cleveland's probably mm-hmm. telling him that. Enough. You know, well, why do you keep talking about your ex for? You know, let's move on to bigger and better things here. So uh, it's, it's a little silly. A little silly. I thought what Eli said was a, a great quip. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm, a great mm-hmm. quip. And by the way, the Giants, for those wondering, have three primetime games this year. Apparently, it's not all about Beckham. So uh, <laughs> maybe Odell wants to go check the schedule before he makes a smart-ass comment like that as well. Because uh, mm-hmm. certainly that doesn't seem to be true that it's all about Beckham there. Uh, Giants are brand names, New York, too. So it's not all about one player. It'll never be about one player uh, as far as that's concerned. It's not like anybody expects much of the Giants this year. We're uh, trading Beckham. Oh, my God, they traded Beckham. Now we can't put him on prime time. They've been bad for a few years now. They still get mm-hmm. their prime time game. So Beckham had it wrong there. But like I said, most importantly for Beckham, move on. Yeah. I, I said, I'll never yeah. say, why do you keep talking about this? Move on. Mm. Yeah, good point. Good point. So over under this year, we we've talked uh, about the Giants over under 
that I saw most recently was at six, you know, and then I looked at their schedule again last night. I have them at five wins. Uh, and I think that's a basically, a, 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 you know, a decent outlook. Not, not a good outlook that you want as a Giants fan, but, you know, five wins is probably just around what they're going to be doing. I mean, I have them uh, at four and six going into the bye which to me is not enough to, to bench Eli. <laughs> I mean, and then when they come back from that by, they, they, uh, they play the Bears. Do you really want to introduce Daniel Jones uh, you know, to, to the Bears defense in his first start? So uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how long into the season Eli uh, is the starter. And that's going to be just in the back pages. If anybody even buys a newspaper anymore, that's going to be the back pages of every of every newspaper, New York newspaper, basically. You know, as the giant losses uh, pile on. Well, yeah, it's it, that's the truth of every every rookie quarterback. You know, it's always going to play the game of okay, when we're going to put him in there. You know, when 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 are we going to stick him in there? Uh, there's more thrown in here because it's uh, over Eli and they screwed it up the first time. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget the head coach's name now. I don't know why, but I can't remember his name. He actually had the right idea in benching Eli. McAdoo? He just chose the wrong player. That mm-hmm. was the problem. Going with Geno Smith was idiotic. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you, you, need, you need a better player to, uh, to, you know, to ruin that streak for. Uh, listen, Eli shouldn't be starting anymore, period. But you can't start Daniel Jones until he's ready. And we don't know when he's going to be ready. You know, we, it could be week one. It could be week four, six, ten next year. You just don't know. Every quarterback's different. Uh, but as you said, most realistic people understand it's not going to be a winning season for the Giants. So four and six, by the way, is more than enough to replace Eli. The problem is you do want to give it a sort of a soft landing spot for Daniel Jones. You know, that, that's why there's no chance he opens the season as a starter because the, the Giants aren't going to have him start at Dallas. Week two versus Buffalo, nah, that ain't happening. Buffalo may have one of the best, if not the best, defense in the NFL. Their offense yeah. is terrible. But their defense is legit. So that's mm-hmm. not going to happen. Generally, teams like to have you start at home. And you keep looking at it over and over, the giant schedule. The perfect time for me would be week seven. They get Arizona at home. Arizona is also one of the weaker teams in the NFL. And they're coming up a Thursday night game, which means they'll get a couple of extra days to get Daniel Jones ready. So the, in my mind, that's the perfect time. But this also could change if, let's say, the Giants are four and two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, then, then they'll stick with that. That being said, the Giants' schedule is Dallas, Buffalo, Tampa, Washington, Minnesota, New England. With half those games being on the road, I don't see them being 4-2. You know, you, uh, you got to assume they lose at Dallas. Buffalo's a 50-50 game. I'll give the Giants the edge. They're at home. At Tampa, once again, there's another 50-50. Tampa can score. Can't really stop anybody. I'll probably give Tampa the edge. They play Washington. That's probably a giant edge once again. It's at home. Minnesota and New England are probably losses. True. So you got three losses there and really a whole bunch of 50-50s. Mm-hmm. You're probably two and four, three and three if everything goes well. But you're probably two and four. I think at two mm-hmm. and four into that Arizona game in week seven, you got the extra day, it's at home. And then you get Detroit the next week. It's another not, not a bad uh, spot to go for. I think that's going to be the, the end of being the – if Daniel Jones is ready, in my mind, that's the perfect scheduling spot. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. anything. Schedule doesn't, doesn't determine everything. But if he's ready to go and the Giants are two and four or worse – I think that's the perfect opportunity to put him in there. Mm. I just think, and I've said this before, the uh, giant ownership is just so loyal to, uh, you know, to Eli, uh, to to a fault, really. So, and they did pay him all that money. Uh, I think it was twenty three million to to come back this season. So, uh, if the if the Giants, in my opinion, or uh, like I said, I have them uh, maybe going into the bye somewhere around what four and six or so, or even if it's you know maybe if if they're not mathematically eliminated, I think they're going to keep uh, Eli in there. But you know we'll see. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, so uh, you know, I mentioned you know Kelvin Benjamin before, and it started me thinking about you know like rookie wide receivers and, and that 2014 class where Benjamin made his debut, uh, 73 catches, thousand eight receiving yards nine touchdowns uh, you know it's not often that you get you know uh, rookie wide receivers that uh, come onto the scene and are fantasy relevant right away but th- that year you had Mike Evans who had uh, 12 touchdowns <laughs> 1051 uh, receiving yards Sammy Watkins with uh, six TDs 985 yards Jordan Matthews had eight eight touchdowns, and of course the aforementioned Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> made his debut, 12 uh, touchdowns in 12 games. But, uh, you know, in terms of uh, rookie wide receivers and strategy, George, uh, do, 
you uh, kind of lay off, uh, you know, uh, taking rookie wide receivers? Usually, yes, uh, unless the value falls there. It's not like running back. You know, running back, listen, you can hit the hole. You can pick up the th- the blitz on third down. You're going to play. Yeah, mm-hmm. You're going to get the ball a lot. Rookie wide receivers, so much more goes into it. You have to learn the complete route tree. You have to get the trust of the quarterback. You better be, when you're the hot receiver, you better be where you're supposed to be and not getting your quarterback killed. And, mm-hmm. you know, where are you in the hierarchy? You know, a, a rookie running back, you're the number one running back. You know, where's the rookie wide receiver? Is he number one, two, three? You know, it's, it's too much goes into it. They, it's, it's rare. A wide receiver is a much tougher position to really be fancy worthy early than it is a running back. Yeah, and uh, of the guys I mentioned from that 2014 class, yeah, we, we talked about uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, uh, how about Mike Evans and uh, the, the the Tampa Bay Bucks? Uh, you know, new coach Bruce Arians. Uh, you know, Jameis Winston. Uh, he and Jameis Winston, Arians and, and Winston, Winston uh, have a history together that I didn't even realize until I was reading up on it. Uh, I think Winston was part of a, a camp that Arians was running when uh, Winston was a teenager. So, uh, you know, what do you think about Evans? He's uh, according to NFFC ADP, he's the eighth wide receiver taken off the board so far uh, this season. What, what do you think uh, about? Basically, the the Bucks offense and uh, Evans uh, as a big part of it. Well, the Bucks offense they should put points up on the, on the board. I mean, you think mm-hmm. about it, Winston, Evans, Godwin. We all heard Arians say earlier this week that Godwin's never going to come off the field. Uh, O.J. Howard, if he can stay healthy, yeah, uh, very good, very good. The great time running game needs work. You know, kidding Chris Venture all week about the free Rojo thing. Uh, it needs work there. It needs help. Maybe the Rojo gets another shot. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he plays well. Maybe he doesn't. And who knows there? Um, I'm not really going to spend much uh, draft capital on the uh, Tampa Bay running game. The passing game, however, I will. You know, mm-hmm. I have Evans at nine, so I'm right there with him as far as that's concerned. He's in that same uh, tier. For me, it's Keenan Allen, uh, T.Y. Hilton, Amari Cooper, Edelman Thielen, A.J. Green. Uh, like that is the tier for me. So uh, good tier to be in. Evans has always been a strange guy is the fact that he has the drops from time to time, drops passes, yeah. which is always always weird for me for a receiver. How can you have a case for drops? Weird. You have no hands. Terrell Owens was the same kind of receiver, though. He would drop passes. Uh, like I said, Des Bryant go on and on here about receivers who sometimes can't catch the ball. Uh, so I, like, I, like, I do like Evans this year. I think he's had a fantastic season, mainly because Tampa Bay, they should be trailing most games. And they don't have a good running mm-hmm. game. So they're going to have to throw the ball. You know, so that's, that's good all around here. The only, my only worry would be if Winston does fail and they do end up replacing him. Uh, then I think it takes a little bit of a downturn there, downtick. But that being said, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Winston will have a solid season. I think he'll have a very good fantasy season. But in NFL season, I think he'll just be, you know, solid. And Tampa will have to make a decision at the end of the year, but whether or not they want to resign this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Good analysis there, um, and uh, I know you've probably talked about it, you know, this week, like you said, with uh, Ventra and whatnot. And uh, I know he's a big Ronald Jones supporter. Uh, so you'd rather, if you had to, I know you're not investing heavy capital, but look, you know, we're all of the mindset that hey, basically, and uh, any running back with a pulse has a little bit of value. You would take Barbara Jones. Oh God, I really don't want either one of them. That that that's a coin mm-hmm. toss. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I do think they're going to give Jones another shot, even though mm-hmm. Arians is not the one who drafted him. You know, they did draft the guy. They don't want to find out they have anything here. So I think he gets a shot. Whether or not he he passes or not is anyone's guess. He does seem to be in better shape this year. But, you know, you know how I feel about that. Everyone's in the greatest shape of their career now. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that works out. Last year it was a bust. Uh, that being said, you know, I do think they'll be trailing a lot. How many runs are they going to get in the second half? This is not a mm-hmm. guy that's going to be a bulk runner for you. I think your best case scenario is he ends up being a low end RB two, but you should be dreading until, until the RB three, RB four status in this uh, this year. Uh, mm-hmm. I would take, I mean, just because of the, uh, where I'll be drafting, I'm going to be looking for upside. I would take Rojo because I think there right. is more upside than Barber there. But it, it shocks me none, little if it ends up being Barber being the better back. But for where they're going to be drafted, I'll take the upside in Rojo. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I, I think uh, Rojo is. Uh, has an ADP of 41 in the NFFC leagues and uh, Barber at, at 50. So, uh, you know, they, you could wait a while before you draft them. And are you high on OJ Howard uh, this season? Everyone seems to be. 
Yeah, same thing. Did we throw the ball regime. a lot? Yeah. I think OJ Howard's a top uh, five, top six tight end. Same tier. Get a big three: Kelsey, Ertz, and um, and somebody I can't think of right now. Kittle, uh, Kittle, George Kittle, Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle. Then it becomes yeah. uh, I have OJ Howard in there with Engram and Hunter Henry. Yeah. All right. When we come back, we'll have to talk about the Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott. Where is he? Got to talk about Melvin Gordon. Weekend fantasy update. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Weekend Fantasy Update. Juggling along with George Kurtz. Sean Angle. <laughs> I like that. You got uh, the Fantasy Prince uh, kind of like, you know, got the smooth vibe. Uh, he's led us into uh, this segment here. Yes, uh, Joe. Keep it nice and smooth. <laughs> there you go. I can picture you yeah, wearing your your long uh, bathrobe, maybe smoking a little pipe. You know, uh, you know, trying to impress the ladies a little bit. You know, just like a smooth little vibe out of you there. Yeah, well, you already know, Joe. <laughs> that's just how life is. Life is nice and chill. You got to keep it a nice vibe in here. It's weekend fantasy update. Now we got some fantasy talk here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so uh, continue uh, on uh, talking a little uh, fantasy uh, football and a uh, couple of high-profile uh, holdouts there, George. Let's uh, start with your favorite team, the uh, Dallas Cowboys. And, and I always go back when it comes to holdouts. Uh, uh, you know, Bill Parcell is always a smart ass. So he always used to say, hey, you know, you could hold out. And, uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but he always used to say, you know, holdouts have a strange way of uh, leading to uh, injuries. So, you know, uh, but uh, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, officially a holdout, uh, looking for obviously a contract extension. Um, now, he August 6th is the important date for him, right? Because uh, that has something to do with, uh, you know, his, his service time, George? The yeah, August 7th is the important day for uh, Ezekiel Elliott. The next two mm-hmm. weeks or 10 days, whatever it comes out to, week and a half, mm-hmm. don't really matter. And yes, yeah, so if you miss the Cowboys right now, they'll tell you him missing the next 10 days means nothing. It's actually good for mm-hmm. running back to miss time. Exactly. You don't wear yeah. anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. What you're seeing now is NFL players in general, they are using their leverage, you know, to get their contracts earlier. Uh, they get their contracts redone earlier, especially running backs. Because running back, it's, it is unfair, the system to running backs. Your first round pick, you're pretty much tied in for five years where they can, uh, they can nail you. And Ezekiel Elliott, the Cowboys have him for four more years. And you think about it, they really have the leverage over Elliott there. Elliott, he picked a strange time to do this. You know, he's been, he's been suspended for six games once, just had a meeting with Goodell where it wouldn't have shocked anybody if he was suspended again. He wasn't. Now he has a <laughs> civil law lawsuit going up against him. Granted, that does seem to be extortion uh, going on there because the, uh, the guy couldn't get money, so he decides to sue uh, yeah, uh, that way because he couldn't get what he wanted. So a lot of weird things. Elliott does, no matter how you look at it, he keeps putting himself in bad situations. You know, so it's interesting that he would try this now when really the public support won't be behind him because of because of what he's done. So it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Cowboys do, how Jerry Jones handles this. Because the Cowboys do, like I said, he's on the contract for this year. Next year will be the fifth-year option. And then they could franchise him twice, and he still wouldn't make mm-hmm. as much money as he, was, as he would as a free agent. Uh, mm-hmm. Plus the Cowboys, if they do decide to sign him to a, a longer-term contract, I think they probably will – but two things here. One, you got to probably lock up Dak. Regardless of what I feel about Dak, you got to lock up Dak first. And then Cooper is also there. You got Jalen mm-hmm. Smith and Byron Jones that are going to be there. 
So curiously how the Cowboys are going to approach this with Zeke about how they get this done. You know, I almost wonder if it's going to be like baseball will to get rid of the arbitration years where the Cowboys will give them more money to cover the four years they could control them, but they're going to want to go into free agency as well. You know, it's a six-year deal. Where we, he'll make more money than he would now, but not quite as he would uh, as much as he would if he waited until the Cowboys can't franchise him anymore. Somewhere around there. So I do think the Cowboys will get it done with with Zeke, but it'll be I'll be very interested to see how they word this, how it's uh, structured, because the Cowboys are always going to want to protect themselves in case he gets suspended again. So he's mm-hmm. not going to get a forty million dollars signing bonus right away. I think that signing bonus will be spread out over a lifetime of the contract. You know, five million here, five million next year, five, you know, that sort of thing when he's on the roster. So uh, it'd be very interesting to see how they work this out as far as that's concerned. But I do think in the end, it does get worked out. I'll say this, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, we keep saying that August 7th is the, the, the day here, which it is. That's when he, he would lose his uh, year uh, towards accrued free agency if he doesn't report by then. If he decides not to report by then, then he's all in. Because once yeah. again, he's lost his free agency, yeah, then, then he can he'll hold out forever until he gets the contract mm-hmm. he wants. So that that's the uh, that's the chicken date, you know. That see, he's going he, his situation is different than Melvin Gordon's. So that'll be the chicken date there, though, if he doesn't report by then. And I think if the if it was any other owner or more hard line owner, you we could all be just counting down to August seven, see what happens here. But since it's Jerry Jones is more of a player friendly owner, uh, I think he he understands that's the date, and they'll want to work it out by then. Uh, either way. I have dropped Elliott in my rankings. I think you have to. You know, not – listen, I have a, a, a top four tier of Elliott, Barkley, Kamara, and CMC, Christian McCaffrey. Originally, I had Elliott going number one over Barkley purely because I wonder about the Giants' offense once Daniel Jones does take over, uh, if teams are going to put everybody in the box, stop Barkley, force Jones to beat them. So I had Elliott number one. But now I've dropped Elliott to number four. I do think mm-hmm. you have to be somewhat worried about a holdout into the regular season. And there are so many other great running backs that now I would take Barkley number one, CMC two, Kamara three, Elliott four. Not that I would cry if I ended up with Elliott, but I'm just playing the, the, the safe game here. I'm not taking chances that he is going to hold out here. So if I'm drafting this weekend, I have Elliott at four. Uh, Melvin Gordon, by the way, is in the second round. I do think Melvin Gordon is going to hold out into the regular season. I don't know if he's mm-hmm. going to pull Le'Veon Bell, but I think he's going to hold out into the regular season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you anticipated my question in terms of whether or not this little holdout uh, with Zeke, how it would affect your drafting. So good stuff out of you. And uh, what do you think about the the uh, rambling uh, comment made by uh, uh, Jerry Jones? Uh, I think that the best way to say it is sometimes we all get stopped on the fourth and one. It just happens to the best. We just got to keep going here. Line up and go again. So... It's just an, an interesting, uh, an interesting read. I, I, you know, it would have been interesting to see the the video portion of that, but kind of, kind of like a weird you know, statement coming out of Jerry Jones. Really, Jerry make a weird statement. I did see the video of that, by the way. Yeah. Oh, did you? I mean, it, it's Jerry Jones. His, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's yeah. just Jerry Jones. He he likes to hear himself talk. Uh, I sort of understood what he was trying to say. You know, uh, you know, and I get it, but he, he always puts a row, you know, a pretty picture on everything. And mm-hmm. that's why listening to him is worthless, by the way, because everything's about rosy. Everything's always good, that sort of thing. He's never telling you the truth once again. He did say the Cowboys will not be updating uh, the contract set on a daily basis. That's not a surprise. Most teams don't want to, uh, it's not a distraction. It already is, but they don't want to make it become a bigger distraction by talking about it every day. So uh, I expected that to happen. Uh, like I said, Jerry Jones is never, he's another guy. Just, you can hear him talk and it means nothing. It just means nothing. Mm-hmm. He's not telling you anything. Uh, sort of like when Bill Belichick talks, same thing, just different. Jerry Jones does it with a you know, happy face, smiling. He wants to talk. Belichick is going to say as few words as possible and not tell you anything. Jerry <laughs> yes. Jones will say a million words, but still not tell you anything. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's just the way it is. So, uh, you, you mentioned, uh, Prescott. I mean, are you confident? I know you're not a big Prescott guy. But uh, are you confident that he basically uh, – that Jerry Jones thinks of him as the quarterback uh, uh, not only of today but of the, of the future for the, for the Cowboys? Think they're going to get a deal yeah, done? Yeah, I mean, uh, once again, uh, it, that deal will get done too. That, those prices are already there. It's harder mm-hmm. for a running back because a running back – we know that they're not going to have a long-term future. Very few of them do. Very few of Frank Gore can keep playing year after year after year after year. Short shelf life. Yeah, I mean, I think if you could guarantee that Zeke Elliott was going to be, I'm not talking as good now, 
eight years from now, but he's going to be a solid play eight years from now, they would have no problem getting his con- contract done. But history tells you with running backs, generally their careers are short and they don't, you know, they're not the same player three, four years from now. And the Cowboys are going to abuse Elliott. We all know that. He's going to get 300 plus touches each year. And that's the way the team is built. They can't rely on Dak Prescott to win games by himself, which is why I have a hard time seeing Prescott getting paid 30 plus million. He's going to get mm-hmm. paid that because he is quarterback of the Cowboys and quarterbacks get paid. But, you know, the, Cowboys, the reason that the Cowboys have to get Elliott in there is because Dak can't win it by himself. He can't. Right. He's not Aaron right. Rodgers. He's not, you know, Tom Brady. You go on and on through the other great quarterbacks who can win games by themselves. He, can't, he doesn't make wide receivers better. You know, he just does not do that. Yeah, so uh, that's why he'll get paid. Uh, Dak will get paid. I think Elliott does get paid eventually. Cooper will get paid. And once again, Dallas didn't give up a number one pick just to lose him. Uh, he'll get paid eventually as well. How Dallas gets us all under the uh, the salary cap, along with Byron Jones and Jalen Smith, well, that remains to be seen. That should be interesting. And they did assign uh, DeMarcus Lawrence. Uh, under Jerry Jones, the Cowboys generally are a last-minute team. They do it when they absolutely have to. You know, And that's when they'll get the job done. But I think the job gets done. With all of these guys, maybe one does get franchised. You know, and that'll be, I'm sure, unhappy feelings there. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think the franchise goes to Dak. I don't think it goes to Elliott. You know, I think the franchise is likely on Byron Jones or Jalen Smith. Mm. Uh, uh, interestingly enough, Prescott uh, is the uh, 18th quarterback uh, coming off the board, according to uh, NFFC ADPs, and also last season was tied for 18th in regards to fantasy points per game average, uh, according to Fantasy Football Today. So uh, in terms of just the, the Cowboys in general, their over-under is nine. Uh, so, you know, uh, the addition last season of Amari Cooper, uh, Prescott's numbers went up. Uh, Cooper uh, kind of, you know, developed into the wide receiver that uh, fantasy owners were hoping he'd become. Uh, then you, you have another year of Michael Gallup, uh, the return of uh, Jason Witten. But let's talk first about uh, Michael Gallup. What do you think Michael Gallup's ceiling this season would be? I'm a, you know, th- this guy um, you know, had some good numbers uh, in Colorado State, you know, 100 receptions uh, as a senior. Uh, do you think that uh, his ceiling this season, could he, could he be a top 24 uh, wide receiver? Is that asking too much? Well, when it comes to Gallup, uh the problem is not him. He's a good receiver. You, you could see that last year he was good. Uh, I can't tell you how many times Dak missed him when he was wide open on uh, plays down the field. That probably would have been touchdowns mm-hmm. if Dak kept missing him. Uh, once again, that's why it's so hard to trust Dak. He did the same thing with Cooper, by the way. You watch the, you watch the game tape. There were playing times Cooper's running free, and Dak missed him. You know, mm-hmm. he has, Dak is not, a, is not a very good deep thrower. Uh, he's gonna, maybe he gets better. Maybe he doesn't. We'll see how that uh, goes here. Uh, but Gallup won't be a top 24 it won't be his fault. Dallas is not going to throw the ball enough to make a second, the, the wide receiver two on their team be mm-hmm. a wide receiver two in fantasy. It's not going to happen. Now, if you tell me Ezekiel Elliott's not going to be there all year or he gets hurt, that's completely different. But this team is still constructed to win via the run game. You know, keep the defense off the field. You know, the defense is very good, but keep the defense off the field, time of possession, that sort of thing. You know, win games by in the fourth quarter, you know, they're, they're fresh. The other team is not. That's how the Cowboys are designed to win games, and that's not going to change. You know, so, uh, no, I don't think – I think Gallup, through no fault of his own, is just on the wrong team. I think he was mm-hmm. on a more of a throwing team, you know, put him on the Packers or someone like that. Yeah, he put up wide receiver two numbers. I think he is a very good wide receiver, but not on this team. I mean, we know Cooper's going to be choice one. Elliott's probably choice two. And maybe Witten is still choice three. Who the hell knows? You know, I, I think bringing him back was probably a mistake as well. Uh, it just makes the team slower, and I, I don't think the Cowboys want that. Uh, like the Cowboys shouldn't have wanted that, even though Witten is a better run block. He'll help in that regard. But that being said, like I said, Gallup, I, I do like him. And I know in my uh, one of my home leagues, uh, I, I have him in the 17th round. I can keep him for this year. I can only, you mm-hmm. only keep three players. And he's in consideration. But even in the 17th round, which is the second to last round, I'm probably not going to do it. Because uh, I just don't see the – I don't think he's going to have a, you know, the numbers there to really uh, make that decision for me. I think there'll be somebody else there. I have Darius Geis in round 12 who I'm probably going to keep over him running back. I think it's pretty, pretty much an easy choice to keep over him. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. the direction I'll, that's the direction I'll go in there. So I like Gallup, but uh, I just don't see a path to him outside of Cooper getting hurt or Elliott being out all year where they have to throw. I, it's hard to see a path to him to put up big numbers. 
Right. Uh, and according to his ADP, according to NFFC, uh, in a 12, typical 12 team league, going somewhere around 13th round or so. So, uh, and, and I guess I, I was going to ask you about uh, Randall Cobb, but if you don't have high hopes on uh, Michael Gallup, I'm sure that you're. Uh, projections and hopes for Randall Cobb making some noise this season that got to be even even less, right? I think Cobb's a good addition. I think, mm-hmm. I think he'll make them a better NFL team. You know, I'd like him better than I did uh, Cole Beasley, you know, who up there who was, uh, you know, once again, the poor man's West Welker, poor man's Edelman, poor man, you know, Jarvis Landry, that sort of thing. Uh but, you know, when it comes to Randall Cobb, he is on the downer side of his career. I think he makes the Cowboys mm-hmm. a better team, give him a more, uh, better threat out of a slot position because he can run different routes. But once again, it's the same problem as, as with Gallup. This is not going to yeah. be as many throws going around there unless other unforeseen uh, situations happen, you know, where they have to throw the right. ball more. And let's face it, they're throwing the ball more. This season probably isn't going very well for the Cowboys anyway. And another thing to point right. out, by the way, as far as more of the future, when we're talking about Elliott and these running backs – and re-signing everybody the franchise tag. The NFL wants to get a new CBA done. They want to get it done before uh, week one. You know, Thursday was it September 6th. They want to get this done by. I don't know if they can or they can't, but all these rules could change that we're talking about. You know, we're worried about franchise tags. We're worried about the running backs and the fifth-year right. option. And all that stuff. But mm-hmm. this could all change or can be gotten rid of in the new uh, CBA. And if it is gotten rid of, I think it will be the for the advantage of the players. You know, I think the, the I think listen, I this is a more of a longer talk conversation, but I think uh, I think the eighteen game season is happening because it's the only leverage like the it. players yeah. have. It's mm-hmm. the only leverage the players have to give up for what they want. They can give that up, and then they can get uh, rid of the fifth year option. Maybe they get rid of the, or at least hinder the franchise taking other things they want to get. Other than that, they have nothing else to give up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point, good point. Hey, and if we get an 18-game season, uh, better for us, right? We get to see a couple more weeks of football. As as a fan, uh, listen, I love it. I think think they should go an 18-week season, get rid of two preseason games, and get a second bye week. That makes the season Mm -hmm. 20 weeks. And as a fan, it kills the month of February. I hate the month of February. You know, it's, it's nothing to do. It's cold. You know, the baseball season's too still too early for baseball. You know, so kill the month of February. Valentine's Day's in February, and every guy gets screwed on the and not in a good way on that day. So uh, yeah, I'm all I'm all for the 18 game season. I understand it's unfair to the players. You know, even 16 games is rough here. So uh, I like I like to see rosters expanded. Yeah, maybe to 55, 60 to help. Mm-hmm. You know, a little extra bodies there. But I think we are going to see an uh, an 18 game season. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Very possible. Looking forward to it. Uh, so uh, when we come back at the top of the hour, we'll talk a little Melvin Gordon and the Chargers. Another big name holdout. Listen to Weekend Fantasy Update. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey. 